This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hey there, everybody. What's up? Welcome to the Cover Band Central Podcast, number 208 for Tuesday, February 6th, 2024. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. What's up, Tony B? Coming to you from New Jersey. What's happening? Yes, sir. We are right. live once go. again this week. Very good. Uh, anybody that's joining us live, we are broadcasting on the Cover Band Central Facebook page in the Cover Band Central Facebook group and on the Cover Band Central YouTube channel. Um, please join us live. Come in and say hello. It is 7.02 p.m. Central Time. That's a lot so of places we're broadcasting, Steve. Oh, yeah, everywhere. That's great. And uh, immediately we had somebody come in and say, what's up, handsome? I know who that is. It's Eric, um, bass player in New Orleans. He always calls me, me or you, handsome. He's probably talking to you. He's probably talking to you, Steve, because he's your friend. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Eric. Yeah. Um, Eric is, is with me going into the Mardi Gras week here. Excellent. Um, yeah, but anybody else Eric. coming in, watching live, come in and say hi. Tell us where you're from, and we will say hello back and talk to you and stuff. Um, but, yeah, we're going into Mardi Gras here, buddy. Any friend of yours, Steve, is a friend of mine. That's right. Eric's a great guy, great bass player. Um, Especially when he recognizes handsome men like yourself. Indeed. Um, first thing we should do is I got my red solo cup here and a shout-out. and a, a uh, Yeah, I got my blue Yeti. Well... Um, Toby Sorry. Keith passed away this morning. He was the, yeah. the one who did the song Red Solo Cup. And I wasn't a big fan. Like, I, I don't know his music really. I know that song. That's a pretty cool song. Uh, but he passed away at 62 uh, for, from a stomach cancer. So, Way too you never young. know, folks. Yeah. So, cheers to you, Toby. Live every day. Yeah. Live every day, even if you're exhausted, like uh, Eric said, he's exhausted already from already the Mardi Gras. Yeah, well, from Steve, the Mardi Gras celebrations. Very fitting. I did post my thought for the day today, as I do every day. Yeah. Yes, you do. And I don't know if you remember what it said. I don't, but I did we'll, read it. We'll remind everyone what it said, just because it was very fitting for what we're talking about here. Okay. And it said... Appreciate the gift of life and the opportunity of this day by embracing it with gratitude and intention. Yes, every day should be like that. Gratitude is huge. Huge. Um, it'll catch everything you want in life. I was um, on Facebook, Billy Sheehan, the bass player um, from Mr. Big, David Lee Ross Band, Talis, um, icon in the bass community. <laughs> yeah. Um, is very, um, he posts a lot on Facebook and he's on, currently on tour with Mr. Big and he's very responsive he to Nick DiVirgilio from Spock's beard on drums. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but he's very responsive to comments, uh, which most 
quote unquote famous people aren't. Um, but he is like, if you put something in there, if you write a comment that, you know, is worth responding to, he will acknowledge you. He'll, he'll respond to you and say something, or he'll at the very least give it a like or something like that. Um, cool. so his, so his posts come up on my feed all the time. Cause I interact with him. And there was a, something a few weeks ago he said about, about gratitude. And I commented back, maybe this was a couple months ago, actually, I think it was in December. Um, and he, I, I commented, um, something like you get everything you want in life. Um, if you're grateful, you know, or something to that effect. And he, he responded to it and put a love on it and, and, uh, something like that. And I was like, Oh, wow. Billy Sheehan acknowledged me. That's pretty cool. So uh, since then I've been kind of interacting with his posts and, and every time I do, he, you know, he acknowledges that I said something and, and that's, that's pretty neat. Um, that's pretty cool. Steve, we should have him on the show. Hook it up, man. I would really like that. And and I, I'm considering, I've considered that and I, I'm not sure how I would reach out to him, but I would, uh, I think I can through Facebook and we'll see, uh, Let's yeah, when you tell them gratitude is an excellent thing, and I'd be very grateful if you would join us on the Cover Base yeah. Central podcast. Here's the link. Here's my private number. Call me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's on tour right now, so maybe when his tour is over, um, we we could do that. Or he could do it maybe while he's on tour. I don't know. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, i got to get up the guts to we, do we that. We could do a pre-recorded <laughs> thing. Listen, send me his information. I'll have my people reach out to him. I'm there you not, go. I'm not worried go. about that. I have a lot I would talk to him about, though. Boy, yeah. as a bass player boy oh boy hijack the uh, whole episode yeah um but yeah so mardi gras coming up this uh next tuesday is fat tuesday and yeah. so it's busy busy time here in new orleans this last last weekend was pretty busy pain in the ass really most mostly because of traffic and uh street closures and you, you can't yeah you but just... great gigs man packed clubs yeah, not this past weekend as much during the day. Eric might have had, you know, he probably had some packed clubs over at Crazy Corner at night. Um, but we still had pretty good crowds. But this coming week, we're playing during the day, our normal shift. Actually, not our normal shift. We're doing 1 o'clock in the afternoon to 6.15 hmm. in the evening. Um, and we're doing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Five days in a row. Wow. Haven't done that in and a while. I haven't done that in a while, yeah, and that's uh, should be fun. Same same time slot every day, and then yeah, most definitely at least by Saturday, it's going to be packed. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, it's going to be packed crowds, and yeah, the rain. Eric mentioned the rain. He said getting to Crazy Corner. I don't know. Did it flood in Crazy Corner or something? I but it, it like poured buckets on Saturday, and for hours. And when we were done, it was st still raining. We were done at 6.15. It was still pouring. And then everybody got an alert on their phone saying uh, there's flash flooding. Don't drive right now. So. Hey, you um, know who that's the worst for, Steve? Who's that? The drummer in the band. At least up this way. Because you got to unload and load in in the pouring rain. Yeah. That's a drag. Yeah. We don't really have to do that here. Yeah, I know. Uh, the drummer doesn't really up here. Drummer Baba used carries sticks and cymbals, and yeah, I mean oh. most of the stuff. Um, my drummer Jason leaves at the club, and uh, so he doesn't even have to carry it back and forth. You better be weary about leaving stuff at the club, man. People walk off with your yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know? I know. Well, we've we've we no have a, a we have a, a closet now that we're able to use to put our shit in, and we were told, yeah, we're not allowed to leave anything out in the open at all or we'll get fired or something i don't know so we we, we managed it we had to do some tetris kind of work to, to squeeze things in we have tetris. Kind of, yes yeah. excellent game we had kind of two locations to to work with so but i'm i took my base home with me but over the weekend i'll leave my base there but I'll, it's going to be locked up so mm. i'll be good um Somebody else said, sup, Steve, and I don't know who you are. If you're watching in the uh, Facebook group, uh, just, click, just click the link to let StreamYard show your name so we know who you are. All we're seeing is Facebook user, but sup. Sup, whoever, Facebook user. Whoever that is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it um, because I do like playing to big crowds. Obviously, everybody loves that when it's jam-packed. It is kind of the amateur hour, though, where, you know, you have people that aren't necessarily here all the time 
or uh, don't drink a lot all the time. Yeah, but that's the entertaining <laughs> part of the whole evening. It is. If you it kidding is. me? You know, it is. Yeah, and from the safety of the stage, it's it is fun to watch. Yes, from your uh, safe haven observatory, you can yes. just see all kinds of shenanigans. Another person, hey brother, I'm gonna have to go check who these people are because I don't know who that is. And but Harold's here from upstate New York. What's up, Harold? Harold. I'm gonna go look and see who these happening, people are. Harold. People are that are commenting. Uh, oh, that was Shannon said, hey brother. Trey Rickerson said, sup, Steve. Uh, cool, cool, cool. All right, I gotta go back here. All right, so, but the biggest pain in the ass and the stress for me is always the driving in the parking situation. However, we're going to have, uh, we're going to, a bunch of the guys from the band are going to come here to my apartment because I'm the only one that lives close. Everybody lives, lives far away. Hmm. What's far away? Like hour and a half away? Hour and a half. Yeah. Um, so a couple of the guys are going to come here to my apartment and stay here for the duration. So we're going to just either carpool in or Uber in. We'll probably carpool in because we'll get parking a little right outside the quarter. Uh, not too far a walk and it'll be, it won't be that expensive. So with that stress out of the way, then yeah, I can enjoy this the five days of revelry in new Orleans for Mardi Gras. So since you're hosting as the Airbnb, someone else, yeah. <laughs> you'll get to just be dropped off at the front door of the club. No, no, no. We'll have to, you can't drive in the quarter during Mardi Gras. Hmm. Um, so we will go, we'll get dropped off. If we Uber, we'll get dropped off just outside the quarter, you know, right on the outside of it. And uh, we'll walk. And there you go. Yeah. And it's not too bad. It's, you know, less than a 10 minute walk. And since no one has to bring anything because it's all staged at the club, you don't have right. to pack your Uber full of stuff. Right. Yeah. I'll just, I always bring my backpack with me and I'll have a cooler. I always bring a cooler with lunch and water. We will be safe too. Yes, snacks. No, no snacks. But the fact that we're playing during the day is is generally much safer than no at snacks. Night. Like a Slim Jim or something. Nothing. No, no, no snacks. I bring lunch. Yeah, but gotta eat more than just lunch. No, that's it. Lunch is good enough. I eat breakfast, a nice breakfast before I leave, and eat lunch midday. You don't have like celery and a little cup home. on your mic stand <laughs> or something. You can just like chomp on, you know, celery? for nourishment. <laughs> No, I don't eat uh, celery ever, really. You should try it. It's good. Certainly not at a gig. You'd like it. It's crunchy. Uh, Marianne's here. Hi, Marianne. She said, how's it going? Did you get my your bass back? No, I did not. It's gone. It is in someone else's hands. But you got a new bass, Marianne, which is much better. I got two new ones. One of them is behind me right there. Yeah. Spectre, or maybe it's on this side. Yeah, Spectre. <laughs> There's two Spectres behind me, so <laughs> it's hard to tell them backwards. Um, but, uh, yeah, whatever. Maybe it'll turn up someday somewhere. Who knows? Just like magic. you never know, Steve, it just yeah. might reappear. I should have carved my initials in it. Yeah. Courtney's in Kentucky. What's hey, up, Courtney? let's do that on tonight's episode. Let's watch you carve your initials into your new base. No. <sighs> Who wants to see that? Everyone raise their hands. Yes. How about no? Harold said someone steal it. Yes. Uh, if you go back two episodes, you, you can listen to the story. Um, but somebody stole my base. Yeah. Yes. Madison's in Pennsylvania says, hey. What's up, Madison? Hey, now. Um, Eric says do it about, I guess, carving the initials. Yes. See, I have support. I'll do it. I, I'm not going to carve it. I, maybe I'll use a soldering iron and just <laughs> melt it in. <laughs> You have to brand your bass. Don't ruin, a, don't ruin a brand new instrument, she says. Well, I don't know if that would be called ruining it. And you certainly wouldn't put it on the front. You'd put it on the back. On the back, yeah. yeah. That's my stamp on it. Absolutely. Big SW there. Yeah. I should put our names up. I never do that. You should just do it with a screwdriver, though. It's more authentic than like a soldering iron. Make it all nice. You just got to be like. True. Oh, maybe I'll. Uh... I'll test it out on a piece of wood and see what what looks best. There you go. Report back, Steve. Let us know. Yes, I will. So, so that's what I got coming up. So next week we will not have a podcast because I will be. That will be the last day of playing, and I will be exhausted, and I won't be home in time anyway. Mm. 
That's okay, Steve. We could take a week off. Yeah, we're going to have to. For the sake of gigging, you know, in the spirit of Cover Band Central, we'll make the exception. Yes. Um, so, I'm trying to think of where I want to go from here. Um, where do you want to go, Steve? Well, all right. Take us so on a journey. I'm going to take a sip of this here. I will join you. Red Solo Cup. So, uh, I watch the Grammys Sunday night. I watch the Grammys every year. I love the Grammys. And I know a lot of people, especially people my age or our age, are over it. And they're like, I don't know who these people are and blah, blah, blah. But I watch it every year. And I did attend the Grammys one year, 1991. Did I ever tell you that story? I think they booed you when you made your speech. Is that the year you went? <laughs> no. Oh. Did I no, ever, seriously, no, did I ever I, tell you that story? No, I don't think you did. Because <laughs> that's a great story, man. Maybe I should tell that story now. I think it, it's Why don't you tell us a story, Steve? I'll, I'll tell the, It'll the, set the stage for the Grammys because I was gigging on Sunday, so I did not watch the Grammys, but I was oh my gosh. actively participating in creating music as a tribute to the spear of the Grammys. I, I'll tell the, the abridged story. Uh, Madison says yes to initials, by the way. And Harold, no, it was not in charge. Um, uh, so, yeah, 1991, I was working at Sam Goody, which was a music retail store um, back then when there were music retail stores where you could buy. <laughs> back in the day, we used to buy CDs. like physical music. <laughs> 91, yeah. So, I was uh, 91, I was 24, 23, because it was early 91. Still, we lad. Yes, still we lad, super long hair. Worked as assistant manager at Sam Goody and Willowbrook Mall in Wayne, which was the superstore or one of the superstores of, of the area. And there was a, there was this girl who was friends with another one of the assistant managers who worked for John Schur, who was the big promoter in the area in the 80s and 90s yes. for all, all the big arena shows and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the Grammys that year were going to be in New York City at Radio City Music Hall. And one of her, her jobs was to get people to be talent escorts. And I, this wasn't something I knew about ever before, and I've never heard about since. But apparently when there's award shows or things like that, they hire people to uh, show the, the various talents around, like where to go. Where's your dressing room? Where's, where do you go get makeup? You know, where's your seat? Stuff like that. Just sort of lackeys, whatever. And so th this girl had like a little thing for me and she's um, was mentioning to the assistant manager that she had these positions that she needed to fill. And I, I said, I volunteered. I was like, Oh, I would love to do this, be a talent escort at, at the Grammy Awards. It'd be neat. And I didn't even know anything, anything about it. And I was, and I thought she was cute too. So and I'm was like, she like, Steve, you can this. escort me. No, we never got any further than this, but, All right. but she said, okay, show up on this day. It was like a, a, a early afternoon weekend day. Um, and you know, you'll be assigned somebody. So you had to go to this, I, I, I'm not sure if we went to radio city, but we went somewhere and, and they no just background assigned, check or anything. Cause you could just be some derelict off the street. And she's like, yeah, come they might have, talent. they might've done background checks for people, but she kind of, I guess she knew me. She'd enough she vouched for being, you to her own yeah God. i guess <laughs> but i wasn't high up on the the totem pole as you'll find out um <laughs> so you know all these people all, all, the, all these people driver <laughs> right <laughs> you're right this is 91 there's no beyonce no i know i'm saying okay you know you get to hang out with uh, guns and roses driver yeah uh but uh, so we show up and, and they give, you know, this meeting for like an hour or whatever. And all, everybody, everybody's there, all these talent escorts and everybody. OK, you're getting John Bon Jovi. You're getting um, you know, Wilson Phillips, uh, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And I don't remember how it was divvied out, but I ended up being the talent escort for Placido Domingo. Yes. Who was, who was a, a, one of the three tenors. <laughs> Um, opera singer and i'm like you know there's all these rock stars there i'm like i'm like possible i'm right and you're like uh, i work with sam goody man he's like excellent where's my dressing room right 
<laughs> this this I could tell the story so long. I, I got to try to make it shorter. Yeah, try to abbreviate it. We're gonna run out of time. I know. Um, and then I got so a glass of water. Oh, that's all the time we have tonight, folks. Sorry. Doom, doom, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not given any coaching, any any instructions at really at all, except to show up at this time. And your your talent is possible to make it. <laughs> no coaching whatsoever. Nothing. Did, did no instructions. Did, did you dress code? Did you have to wear like no clothes? no dress code and. And I, I didn't know. So I, I was like, all right, do I need to get a tux? Should I get a tux? So I did. I went and rented a tux at Willowbrook. <laughs> and I had my super long hair. Like, hey, and I was always like, best to be the best dressed guy in the room and not the most underdressed. So kudos I, for that. I suppose, yeah. So I was like, should I tie my hair back? Should I leave my super long hair down? And I decided to just leave it down. Just Grammys, man. Sure, rock it out. Grammys, yeah. So I show up at Radio City early. It was, you know, you had to be there super early in the day. The show's at night, but you had to be there at the day. And you and walked got up, and they were like, "Fabio," no. and you were like, "No, no." Um, and immediately, I got a pass, all access, and so I have all access to Radio City Music Hall. You know, backstage, dressing rooms, everything, and you know, wear it around on a on a thing on my uh, yeah lanyard. Around you walk neck, around, you're like a hey, lanyard cool, or whatever. Cool, I'm cool. Yeah, yeah, like like uh, Wayne's World, like yeah. In the back, like the yeah, I'm going. Back. I'm, I'm in. Look, look. See? But I, I, but I wasn't. I wasn't thinking of it like that. I, because I, I was so focused on like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I, and and just trying to ask other people, like, have you done this before? What you know? And other people were like, I don't know. Like, but everybody kind of knew other people there, and I just didn't know anybody. So I'm just like, and so we're well, you just walk up to random people, like you're like, oh, there's Axel Rose. You just go, hey, I'm your escort, Axel. My name's Steve. How you doing? Let's go. Come with me. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. It was. I mean, I I was given some sort of instruction, and I do have still. I think like a itinerary, a printed one. I I think I still have it because I I saw it recently. Of you know, what time people are supposed to get there and blah blah blah. So. You know, I'm there early. We're we're sitting in the seats, Radio City, and then watching people rehearsing. And uh, Garth Brooks was there. He did Friends in Low Places. That was his first big hit, and he I guess he was nominated that year. And he had a big show that he did, or, or a big performance that he did for that. So I watched that rehearsal, and then uh, a bunch of other ones. And uh, and Bette Midler was singing that day. She sang a. a not the women. Did you heckle way, anybody when you were there? But the ones. Well, no, no, I would do oh. that. Um, but she she sang whatever that song was after that. When beneath beneath, when beneath my wings. Uh, the one that was after that, the single that was after that, she sang that. But when she came in, she's just she's walking on the she walks from the side of the stage and she's saying hello to people and she's like, exactly as you expect Midler to be, like the personality you you would think she would have, and uh -huh. she was just like that. And watched that rehearsal and it was phenomenal. So then um I, I'll just jump to yeah. And were you like, Bet, it's Steve, remember me? No, I, no, I was sitting in the audience, oh. you know, with a, a bunch of other people just quietly watching. I wish I would have known you back then. I could have coached you on on how to act at the Grammys being with the all access pass. We'd had a much I was a you know, twenty three year old kid. Like yeah. I didn't know what was going on. So I'll get to like so people are arriving, you go to this backstage area. And, um, you know, on the street, limos are dropping him off. And I'm standing there waiting for Placido Domingo. I pretty much knew what he looked like, but I wasn't absolutely positive, but I pretty much knew. But then people are coming in, like John Bajori comes in and he's standing right next to me. And then Vanilla Ice is standing there. And I see like the back of his head is right in front of me with the, all the, the pattern shaved into his head. Did you touch and him, I'm like, like scratch his head and be like, ice, ice. No, I was thinking to myself, though. Like I could just punch Vanilla Ice right now, right in the back of the head. <laughs> hey, you'd be on. You'd definitely be newsworthy. I, I, yeah, and I'll be on like Letterman. <laughs> Talent and then, escort like, gets embroiled with Vanilla Ice, <laughs> yeah. broken up by Bon jo John Bon Jovi. And then like uh, Phil Collins comes in, and Michael Bolton, and Gloria Stefan, and then Natalie Cole comes in, and. She co comes right up to me and she goes, is the green room in the same place as it was for the HBO special? And I'm like, I, 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 I don't think I uttered a single understandable word 
I'm just absolutely. Like, Do you know where you're going? I can help you. No, because I had no idea where the green room was. Fake it till you make it, man. No, and I just, I, I mean, it was very overwhelming. You're looking around. I was like, all these stars that are standing right next to you. And, you know, Natalie Cole was tall. And my God, she was gorgeous in person. She was just stunning. Like, standing right next to her. I'm like, holy moly. Like, I never realized how beautiful she was. Um, and then, you know, like Sting is, I mean, all these people come in. And then finally Placido comes in and, you know, I say hello to him. I tell him who I am and I bring him to, I think first I brought him to makeup and it's, and I, again, really very barely any instruction of what I'm supposed to be doing. So he goes into the makeup place and he sits down and I'm just standing there and there's other, there's like one other person's kind of standing there and we're just kind of shooting the shit a little bit. And I'm just and standing you start there applying waiting. makeup to him like you were supposed to be there? No, no, no. I'm just standing kind of behind it, just waiting. And I know the next thing I have to do is bring him to his dressing room. So, and then and then I'm talking to this other person about the Garth Brooks performance, Friends in Low Places. I was saying something about it. And it was positive, whatever it was I was saying. I don't remember. But then I looked <laughs> to my right, to the right of Placido Domingo, and there's Garth Brooks sitting in the chair. And I'm like... He's like, stop talking and to he's me looking, Yeah, he looks in the mirror... <laughs> kind of looks looks up at me and then just that's it that's there, there was nothing there imagine if you were bad mouthing him you're like oh yeah I know. guy man blah 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 and he's like, like yeah, what is I'm, this country right shit here. going on right here right he's um like, so he's done. a rocker so i bring him up to his dressing room and the at radio city musical it was upstairs he had to go to this elevator it's like six floors or something and the dressing room um there's the the hallway in this whole thing is super narrow and then on either side there's rooms and they're not big rooms you know just <laughs> it's it's like rooms. why are you taking me to the roof <laughs> no i bring not and my he, barely, dressing room. he barely spoke any english too so <laughs> it was like an interpreter with him and and he really didn't seem like he was enjoying my presence he wasn't rude or anything <laughs> but he just it, it it seemed like to him like i was unnecessary but I was still like, I have a job to do. I got to do it. So I bring him you to his dressing told room. him, listen, down the hall to the left, I'm going to go help Natalie Cole to her dressing room because she's way cooler than you are. So eat it. Plus, you know. No, somebody else had Natalie Cole. Somebody cooler than me. Um, so, and she should have asked, you know, where the hell was her talent escort at the That's time? That's what I'm saying. You should have been like, oh, Natalie, I'm Steve Witchell. I'm your talent escort. I'll be more than happy to take you to your room. And just leave Placido in the dust and be like, I don't know. I don't even know what Placido Domingo looks like. I thought you said Natalie Cole. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I probably could have done that. But anyway, so I bring him to his dressing room. He goes inside and I'm standing now in the hallway, super narrow hallway. I'm standing right outside the door. And I'm like, I figure I have to wait for him. And then I have to bring him to his next place. And his next place was right down the hall where he had to go over what he was saying. Cause he was like, he was a presenter, I believe. And, and he was, early in the show and he was had to read through it and make sure he understood all the again didn't speak english great so he had to kind of go through it Grammy go too. so i'm standing there waiting and then i look to my left and there's you know again narrow hallway um rooms up you know across from each other and then down the end of the hallway to the left my left was you know one more room that was kind of facing out into the the hallway and it, the door was open and i see joe perry from Aerosmith sitting in a chair with his foot up with a guitar and just sitting there. And I'm like, that's you're like, JP, Aeros what's happening, brother? Like, no, that's Aerosmith. And he's like, or, or, and I'm just, but I'm trying to keep cool. I'm like, I can't act like a fan here. I can't, I gotta be professional and stuff. And then while I'm standing there, Steven Tyler starts walking out of the room and walks. And I have to kind of very narrow hallway, like can barely fit two people across. So I, he's walking by me and he looks up at me and just excuse me or something i said hey you know and that was it and, and you're like hey steven can you get me. can you get perry a glass of water he's thirsty he was asking me to get a <laughs> right, right. busy escort and other talent and i don't know where he's going whatever really short guy steven tyler in person um i'm six feet so um so that was kind of cool and then uh Placido comes out i bring him to this other room which is with gary shanling who is the host of that grammy awards that year and I walk in this room with Placido and there's one other guy there that is supposed to help Placido with his pre presentation and Gary Shandling is there and then me. 
and I'm just standing there in the room and Placido's looking at the sheet and he's trying to pronounce the words. Right. And then Gary Shandling's doing something and he keeps looking at me like, like, as if like, what the fuck are you doing in here? And you're like, I'm I'm the tester dude. Lay some jokes on me. We got to make sure the monologue's good. Let me have it. What do you got? No, I was nervous, dude. I could not think of funny things like that at the time. (laughs) Um, and so I was like, all right, I'm just going to leave him. You know, I kind of got the vibe. All right, I need to leave. So I, I'm like, all right, I'm going to leave him. I'll come <laughs> back and then I'll bring him to his seat. That was the next thing I needed to do. Um, so I go, I'm start, I start wandering around. And th- there's other things that happened during the day. Like I was in the elevator with David Crosby. Just me and David Crosby are in the, in the elevator. I'm like, that's David Crosby. Didn't say a word to him. I, and there to, to walk backstage from the... Uh, you know, from the audience part, it was, again, a very narrow little doorway. Um, and you had to, you know, people were walking in and out of there, all the all the stars and everything. That's how they walked in and out. It was stage left. And uh, I, I brushed by Mariah Carey. Mariah, this was Mariah Carey was new, her first album. And I like, you know, brushed by her as she was walking out. I'm walking in, we, we our bodies touched. And then I saw um, Harry Connick Jr. and his wife, uh, Jill Goodey. Goodacre, stunning, beautiful. And I'm I'm walking towards the backstage area. I see Jill Goodacre. And I'm like, I just can't stop looking at her. She's beautiful. And then I Harry Connick standing next to her. And then I see I look what at you Harry looking Connick. at, kid. I, I look at Harry Connick and then he's looking at me. And I'm like, <laughs> oh shit. I'm like, and then I just like turn my like, oh boy, I can't can't do this. Um I went in the green room and it, there was Michael Bolton, Gloria Stefan, and Sting are standing in a circle talking. And I'm just like standing right next to him, like. Oh, hey, what are you guys like, talking about? Yeah, Eric. Yeah, I'm not that cool, Eric. This is this is a, a long time. This is a great story, Maybe. man. I never heard this story. I didn't know you yeah. got the Grammys. This is awesome. All right, so so I'm wandering around, and now Placido's up there. So I like figure, okay, I got to go back and and get him. Get go tend to him. Seat. So I go back up, you know, where he was, and he's not there. And I'm like, oh no, I lost. Placido, I'm, you lost I, your talent, I'm, Steve. I'm, 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 I'm screwing up my job, and now I'm in panic mode. And it's like ten Your minutes handler. before broad, ten, yeah, it's ten minutes before the broadcast is supposed to start. And you look out and the I'm window, like, and someone's shoving him in the trunk of a car, and he's handcuffed. And you're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I lost Placido Domingo, and That'll now be on I'm the news. fired." That'll be on the news. Tell an escort, Steve Witchell lost Placido Domingo at the, the Grammy Awards. Placido Domingo year. kidnapped from the Grammys. And he was kidnapped. News. And it's all been <laughs> talent handler at talent missing, talent handler missing it at large, maybe armed prime suspect. That's how I felt. I just felt like <laughs> this guy doesn't really speak English and I'm in panic mode. So I, I'm literally, where's my Steve? Run- where's my Steve? <laughs> I'm literally running around radio city, music hall, backstage, green room, upstairs to the dressing rooms, all over the place, looking for this guy. And then it's like, it's curtain time, you know, it's the, 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 the orchestra's playing and, and, no you can't, and I've, I've watched it. I've watched it on TV to see if I could see this, but I, I wasn't able to. But as the, the music's playing, you know, ladies and gentlemen, the 33rd <laughs> annual, I am in the front, like right in front of the lip of the stage in front of all the seats in that little area there. I am walking back and forth looking for Placido Domingo and. And he's and on I'm the like, stage I, with his cue card ready to go. <laughs> yeah, and eventually I'm like, all right, I, 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 I blew it. I gotta go. And so, our job during the show was to be seat fillers. So, and you you see that all the time in award shows. So I went and found an empty seat and just sat who, down. Who, I'm who like, sit next to anybody famous? Nobody. Well, not yet, but no, I was just sitting, you know, in the audience, whatever. I mean, it was a good seat for Radio City. Um. And, but there was nobody sitting. I, I was like in the second seat in and there was nobody in that first seat and nobody to my right e- either. And um, so I'm like, just, I, I couldn't enjoy anything. I'm like, oh, I, I just blew it. I, I screwed up this whole thing. And then like 10 minutes into the show, ladies and gentlemen, presenting our, the award for the blah, 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 Placido Domingo. And he comes out and, he, you know, he does his thing. And I'm like, okay, he's there. It's safe. I didn't screw it up. And then I was able to enjoy the rest of the show. But it and was, that was it, your it was, only task? Like, then you had the whole rest of the night off? 
I had to be a seat filler for the for the night. But I mean, you didn't have to go corral Placido and make sure nope. he had a cocktail or something, right? You were done no, 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 no. I was done with him. Your duty that was, was over for the evening. That was my duty. It was done. And uh, yeah, during the show, Alana Miles, she had Black Velvet. That was her big single, and she was nominated that um, for uh, Best New Artist, I think, or 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 something with the single, and she won uh, one of the Grammys. And she uh, at one point. She was coming down the aisle, and then she just sits right next to me in that empty seat to my left. And she was she looked great. She was wearing all leather. She gave and, a big hug and say, "Good job." No, I did. I I said, "Congratulations on your Grammy," and she just said a play thank you. And then and ten put seconds your hand later, on her thigh, and she was like, "Get off me, creep!" <laughs> and ten seconds later, she got up and and walked away and went somewhere else. Um, and yeah, that was that was pretty much it. There's other things that happened during the day, but I can't get into all that stuff. But yeah, when again, really cool. un, unsupervised, really. When it was over, nobody came up to me and said, you know, okay, you're free to go or whatever. And I'm just kind of wandering around. And again, with all these stars or like Radio City, you, you've been to Radio City, right? Like did you have, have like a champagne off one of the trays and like woke up the guys like, hey, cheers, <laughs> man, good job. No, I think I did get a drink though. Uh, or, or uh, but I just and then I walk out and then all of a sudden you're just in the Manhattan city street and you're like it's it's weird like during the day there was no food provided for us or anything so I went out I think there was like a green room later I discovered but I didn't know again nobody told me anything um, and I went out during the day in my tux before everything started I went out and got a dirty water dog from one of the hot dog stands hey I'm a talent handler Placido Domingo's looking for a dirty water dog I need three to go yeah. Send it, put it on his tab. Uh, uh, well, you'll have to, Sarah, you'll have to go back and listen to the beginning. I was a talent escort at the Grammy Awards in 1991 at Radio City Music Hall. Uh, Sarah said I'm a great storyteller. Thanks, Sarah. That's so that's that story. Anyway, that's a fantastic story. Condensed version, too. All right, let's take a break for the audio podcast and we'll get back and talk about this year's Grammys. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. So, yeah, I watched this year's Grammys and I really enjoyed it. Um, the, I wrote down the performances that I really liked. Miley Cyrus and not everybody, everybody, a lot of people think of her still as Hannah Montana, that little kid, but she's really good. And she's a, she's a rocker and she won a Grammy for uh, Flowers, her single. Um, Annie Lennox did Nothing Compares to You as a tribute to Sinead uh, O'Connor. Just fantastic. Annie Lennox was really good. Um, Stevie Wonder was there and singing, and he was part of the uh, In Memoriam tribute thing. Stevie Wonder is just ridiculous. Tracy Chapman did Fast Car, um, along with Luke, Luke Combs, who's a, a country artist, and mm -hmm. it was just a fantastic performance. Billie Eilish, too. Um, won a Grammy for the Barbie song and she's really good. And that song was great. John Baptiste, New Orleans guy, great performance. And Fantasia, Fantasia Barino uh, did tribute to Tina Turner. Uh, 
proud mary and just just off the charts man really talented singer she was an american idol winner season three yeah early <clears throat> yeah and she's she's just great so i i know a lot of people don't dig it but i i just love the grammys i love the celebration i love anything that is a celebration of music tony of course you know steve because we're musicians yeah and we're non-judgmental and we enjoy the whole aura lifestyle creation listening to everything music right musical yes. cats yes i am and so the other thing was and this will get into the topic which is you know we haven't gotten to yet now 37 and a half minutes into this um uh, but it was worth it for I, the grammy story though <laughs> okay i didn't plan on telling that but we can condense cool. the uh topic if we need to yeah so uh there's a special a new special on netflix called uh the, the greatest night in pop and it is the making of we are the world um from 1985 mm. and it's amazing that it's taken so long for them to put together a documentary for this you know almost 40 years um but it's kind of worth it because of the nostalgia and anybody that's into a music fan like me or uh into nostalgia too um, I really highly recommend it. It it gave me chills watching the whole thing and how it was put together. And so to segue into the the topic is one of the one of the things about it that was so fascinating to watch was you, you have all these people, all these very very famous people, very successful recording artists in one room on one night. That's how they did it. They did. It was just one night of them recording. So when you see the video of We Are the World, I'm sure you've seen it. Mm -hmm. That's the recording. That's them recording it, the song. That's not lip syncing. That's not, they did it later. That's them recording the song there, right there. Um, and just seeing it from the perspective of these people going in there, and you know, there's there's certain people that they interviewed today to talk about it, like Springsteen, Huey Lewis, Lionel Richie, who put the whole thing together. Mm -hmm. And um, how how <clears throat> what about Bono? They Did they interview him? Bono wasn't Bono wasn't there for that. He didn't do We Are the World. He did uh, the, the other one. Oh, do they know it's Christmas? Yeah. Um. But seeing how like humbled they are and intimidated they are by these other famous people, even though they're a very successful star, you know, famous in platinum selling, whatever, they're still as human as we are. And it doesn't really matter the level you're at in this industry. You're still going to have times when you're you feel insecure, when you make mistakes, when you when you struggle. Um, and as long as you're giving your best effort, it's okay. That's it's it's normal, and it's it's supposed to happen that way. When you when you watch this this special, and you see like like a great singer like Huey Lewis, to me is one of the the, the greatest pop rock singers and bands. And you see him just like well, I don't know if I can sing after that. Yeah, you know, and at that time too, remember he had all kinds of videos on MTV. He was like, he was at the, you know, one of the, he was on top of his game at that time. You know, huge. he was all over the place. Yeah. He was huge. Yeah, but then you have Michael Jackson and Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder, and you know he's looking around and like, you know, yeah, he's was, he's with his idols, you know. Yeah, but he's like, I, you know, and so they do a bunch of different takes on on parts, like they all. There's certain people in that song, if you remember, it had a little solo line, mm -hmm. you know, just about just one line or maybe two lines. And, you know, like they would do a couple different takes of them. And like, like there's one where Huey Lewis is, he sings this part and then he's like, and he was a little flat on one of the notes, you know, and he's just like, you see how humble he is about it. And, and he tries to make a joke. He says, I just wanted to see if you guys are paying attention. But, you know, when, <laughs> when he's talking about you guys, you know, he's looking around the room at, you know, Diana Ross, um, Billy Joel, Bob Dylan, you know, just all these incredible. Yeah, all A-list top talent. Stars who were just people. 
you know they're just people who happen to be big recording artists but well, that's what struck me when you were telling your grammy story it's like you know you're starstruck as a 23 year old kid and you're seeing all all these famous people but they're just people yeah. you know like like you and me they just happen to have yeah. a different job and they've been recognized and and awarded for their efforts right and they happen to be in the public eye but it doesn't make them any different you know they still have insecurities they still have you know same fears and dreams and goals that any normal person would have just at a different level you know yeah but it's still the same even if it's a different level it's still the same things we're all human beings we all experience these same feelings and these same uh, difficulties and struggles and doubts and fears and all of it no matter what level you're at you still do it you still experience the same exact things it's just about how you handle it that makes the difference like so bob dylan not known for a great singer not known for a superior songwriter but not known as a singer but he's there to sing and so he's got his solo part and he you see him doing it and like and he's got the headphones on he's listening to the track and he's holding up his sheet and he's gone there's a place for you and me but he's not really even projecting he's just like he's just and and so he's struck and he's like and you see him uh, like on his face just like the doubt and like he's like i you know, like the the look of like i don't know what i'm doing you know yeah. and, and i'm 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 ashamed and i'm you know i'm here around all these great people and they, they you know they recognize a couple of people like lionel richie was kind of running thing quincy jones too it's like bobby get it yeah. together bobby yeah well they just they comforted him you know and and then helped him along and what what ended up happening was they brought him over to stevie wonder by the piano and they said like lionel richie's narrating here and says stevie wonder is great at mimicking people so to to teach bob dylan his part stevie wonder sings it like bob dylan <laughs> And he's going like we are the world you know and he's playing piano <laughs> to show bob dylan what to sing and they show that part of, of bob dylan standing next to see wonder and now they're all smiles and bob dylan's you see his face light up and like and then it, then you go see him actually record the track and like okay that's how that came about that's how that happened and it's so cool to watch because you're like bob dylan i mean just legend songwriter brilliant you know, masterful storyteller, poet, but here he's this guy in this room with these other people that are really good. And he just doesn't know what to do. And it's like, he's just a guy, you know, he's just a, a, a person, just a dude, just a dude that, that is in a situation. And so you seeing that on every level with all these different people, all their different, uh, you know, the different doubts and everything and their fears. And, and the, the famous thing was they had the sign at, at top of the door said, check your ego at the door, mm -hmm. but there was still some ego, a little bit of it going on, but the way they handled, they had to do it in one night. You know, that was it. They had to get it done that they, they, and they did it. They leave. So when, when you watch this, who in your opinion was exuding somewhat of an ego? I couldn't, I if didn't anyone, really, nope. I didn't really get a sense of it from anybody now. Cool. They kind of, they allude to it sort of in there that, you know, yeah, like it's such a check ego at the door, but you know, everybody still is trying to be in competition with each other. Everybody wants to do well in front of their peers. You know, you want to, and they took, they had them in a semicircle when they were doing the solo parts and they went from left to right uh, for their, their solo parts. And when you see the video, you see them, you know, they step up to the mic and then they back up and that's really what they were doing. Um, but they're watching, they know when they're singing, all these other famous great singers are watching them and uh, watching that person and, and, and hoping uh, that they do well or judging them. They, you, you feel like that. You feel like, oh my God, they're going to judge me. Kind of like Harry but, Connick Jr. when he was giving you the evil eye for checking out his wife. Right. <laughs> but then they're all so supportive of each other too. And it's, it's just really brilliant to watch. I, I I'll probably watch it again. And I really hope you, you, Tony, you get to watch it. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out now that I know about it. It's, it really gave me chills. And, and, uh, and then I went back and watched the video again.
to see it from a different perspective, you know, because I knew nothing about that story. What the they were, uh, it was the American Music Awards that night in Los Angeles, and Lionel Richie was hosting it. And that was their opportunity to have all these people in one place. And too bad they didn't need talent handlers for that event. Yeah, I know. They should have called me. I was 85, so it would have been, I was in, still in high school in 85. 85. 85, I was 17. But, um, so the, the thing I got from that, is really, you know, trying to relate it to my own cover band experience or band experience and other people's experiences is that what I put in the description, like if you're trying, if you're at least trying, then you're doing good. You're good. You know, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have challenges. You're going to have struggles, but you're going to keep taking baby steps towards whatever it is you want to achieve. And, what frustrates me, and I'm not going to call out any names, but in, in my current wor- working situation, when I don't see that happening, when I don't see people trying, that drives me crazy. It drives, it aggravates me because it's like, well, it's not any better because you're not trying. And and people might think, oh, I am trying, but you, you yeah, really there's need different levels that. of trying, though, Steve. You know? Yeah. And I think that you're more confident in your abilities when you're well rehearsed personally. Like Mm -hmm. if you've practiced and you've done your homework and you've worked on your chops, you know, you're going to be a lot more comfortable stretching on stage and not playing it safe, you know, and going for it and bringing your best because that's when you are at your best. It's not when you're in your comfort zone and you're just doing your regular you know, singing the normal song you sing the same way or playing this thing the same way. It's when you're creating and you're in the moment. And it's not every gig, right? You know, there's certain gigs you feel more creative and more inspired than others. But, you know, when you're stretching and you have the confidence because you've practiced, you know, that's when the magic happens. At least I, I feel that way. I agree. You know, when you're not rehearsed, you're uncertain of something, you're doing a new song and you really don't own it yet you're going to play it and sing it differently than you will 10 times from now when you do own it. You know, you yeah. can sense that level of confidence and that it's just a different aura about it when you're, when you feel ownership of something, you know, and then you're more tempted to not really be thinking about, Oh man, I hope I'm doing this good or I'm hope I'm doing my best. Right. Because it's, you're not really thinking about that because you're on autopilot in a sense, but there's another certain sense of of confidence that comes with that that's noticeable and doesn't come across as ego or bravado. It comes across like with some certainty, you know, and you may have doubt to say like, oh, I hope I did did it my best. But that's different than being hesitant or doubting yourself because you're not prepared. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I, I tend to get more nervous when I am very prepared than when really? I'm not. Yeah. Like if I practice something over and over again, I'm like, make sure I got it right. Make sure I got it right. And if I'm going to an audition or something like that, I'm like, I, I'm way more nervous then. If I go into like, ah, I don't really care about this, whatever, then yeah, then I'm not going to be nervous. Or take, for example, a song, if you're auditioning and there's, you got to do five songs and three of them you've played thousands of times. You're mm-hmm. going to play them different than the two that you just learned. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether you're flying by the seat of your pants or you rehearse them at home. Because it's just that certain level of comfortability that you have with something, you know, where, you know, it shows. And that's always the thing about, you know, playing music, right? You you get – when you're at the level that you and I have played so many gigs, you know, and you're in a band that's well-established and you have good musicians – we never take for granted when people come up and say, oh, man, that band sounds great. Or, man, I really enjoyed what you played, you know, like never take that for granted. Right. Because. It, you've earned it in a sense, but it's also a booster to say, like, yes, I did bring my best tonight. And I appreciate the fact that you recognize that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You know, it's never like, oh, yeah, thanks, man. Like, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. You know, like a half-hearted thing. Like if someone ever comes up to me and says that I usually shake their hand or say, I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Thank, you know, thanks for coming and, you know, hope to see you again and really appreciate that your kind words. Thank you very much. You know, yeah. like really be gracious and show gratitude because it's genuine. Gratitude. Gratitude. Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. And it happens to me. It's rare that it happens to me about my playing, my playing specifically, but I, you know, pretty much every week, oh, the band sounds great, you know, yeah, get that. And I always do appreciate it and I always acknowledge that. Um. Yeah, when you're enjoying yourself, you don't care really as much what people think. True. It's also the um, energy in the room too. Like I had a great gig Sunday, packed room, everyone up, dancing, applauding every song, engaged the whole time. You know, it just makes for such a a good time and a great feeling. You know, everyone sure. in the band played great. You know, it was it was just really, you know, one of those gigs where it's like, yeah, you really, you know, walking out of that room at the end of the night, you really feel good. And as did everyone else that was walking out of that room, you know, felt good. Right. That's, That's what cool. It's all about, man. It's just about it's making nice people feel good and enjoy their time that we spend together, you know? Agreed. And I'm hoping to do that this weekend. Hopefully everybody will be safe and, uh, you know, have fun and not get too drunk or crazy. Well, you got five opportunities to make it happen, Steve. No. So you might go five for five. Yeah. What I'm thinking of doing, I, actually, I'm going to do, I'm going to film the whole experience from my point of view including the guys coming here to my apartment, staying, traveling there, kind of behind the scenes. And then my perspective from the stage, I have you gonna a, wear a body cam. No, I have a digital camera. I'm going to, that's, I wish I did though. That, that would be, be cool. That would be easier, but I have a good digital camera that I'm going to uh, film the five days and try to put it into a, a video of my Mardi Gras experience. You should hire one of your friends to be like the videographer and like, blog you know vlog you and yeah thank you and you know unfortunately all my friends are musicians and they'll be working <laughs> i don't have any friends that aren't musicians i that's not true but they're not here ask the uber driver man be like hey how much money are you gonna make tonight right. i'll tell you what you know how to run a camera yeah no Hook i'm not up. doing that because I, I want it from the stage perspective anyway not from mm -hmm. the audience perspective and the, the behind the scenes thing, make a little mini movie. Cool. That's, that's my plan. Um, so in two weeks, I'll tell you all about it. Yeah, right. Off next week, following week, we'll have live Steve Witchell video. Yes. Um, check out the brand new website, carbandcentral.com out there. We revamped it and it's got a lot of quality content on there. Articles, memes, and all sorts of cool stuff. Um, and I haven't mentioned get them to the show. Uh, the ebook that I wrote about marketing, get them to the show.com is how you can find that. And it's uh, about, you know, building your audience and getting people to come see you play. The system that I put in there works. Um, and it's a cheap ebook. Get it. Get and, them to the show. Yeah. And money back guarantee if, if you're not completely satisfied. All right. Well, happy Mardi Gras, everybody. And um, yeah, check out check out Cover Band Central on all the socials, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and all that stuff. And we'll see you. Be good. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions, and plenty more, from assassins and gangsters 
to killers and con artists. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.